I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. And joining me today is Edie Jang. Uh, she's a, an attorney, and we're going to be talking about, uh, she, she's going to share with us divorce do's and don'ts and tips for starting a family via surrogate. Evie Jang is a licensed attorney in California and New York and the founder of Ideal Legal Group, practicing in the areas of international family and surrogacy law. She is a surrogacy expert and is the president and CEO of Surrogacy Concierge, an agency that helps couples create families by connecting them with surrogates. Many LBGTQ couples have chosen surrogacy concierge because of its world-class associates, including hospitality, legal, and medical professionals. She understands the first understands firsthand the impact that a demanding career or health issues can have on one's ability to expand their family. Uh, career-driven in her 20s, she knew she wanted a child but didn't want to get married. She froze her eggs and later had her son, Evan, via surrogate in 2014. Uh, Evie Jang has been featured in Forbes, LA Business Journal, and on CNBC. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Evie. Hi. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Well, let's let's start with your own story, your own story of, yeah. of surrogacy and your own experience. Um, so, 2014, you gave birth to your yeah. son, but you had frozen your eggs. Okay. So as I said, you were career driven. You had a lot of reasons for not, you were single uh, and wanted to have a kid, but not while you were uh, in the midst of uh, your your career or building your career. So, um, yeah. yeah. So you, you made that decision. So it's really, it's really great to have really good girlfriends. So I always surrounded myself where people are smarter than me because you can always get really great advice from them. So one of my best friends, she's a doctor at UCLA. She's a radiologist. And unfortunately, she was diagnosed with very aggressive breast cancer. So here I am, you know, trying to be a part in the law firm and have the best time building my career, I would say, you know, the long <laughs> hour, no dates, no weekends, because pretty much I'm trying to, you know, trying to be, trying to be on a partnership track. And she said, hey, why don't you freeze away because you never know what's going to happen. And the last thing in my mind is finding a boyfriend and have a family when I'm working Every day, pretty much, even including weekend. And she was going to chemo, so her doctor recommended her to freeze her age just in case she wanted to have a family later. And at that time, she was single. She was starting dating somebody, but nothing that serious yet. Um, so I listened to her. I froze my egg. I'm like, okay, why not, right? Because she was saying, you know, the way how you spend on vacation with your girlfriend shopping why did you just do that just in case you ever regret it? It's like life insurance. So after I did that, I realized that, you know, I have to pay but for But Evie, I want to stop you there year. because I want to stop you there because just freezing your eggs isn't just, oh, well, I'm going to freeze my eggs, is it? I mean, it's quite a process. What is the oh, process? Yes. Yeah, just, you know, let's just discuss that a little bit because it, it is a big medical procedure to do that, right? Yes. It is, for me, it was 
pretty difficult because my body would be asking. Um, I, I, I guess I was very sensitive to the hormone shot they were giving me. So you need to take two weeks of hormone shots before they can retrieve your egg. Um, although when they retrieve your egg after two weeks of hormone and checking your blood almost daily, um, you know, it is you still feel like you're having a bad period for a few days afterward because it's just still bleeding, right? Yeah. So, and you don't even know how many eggs you're going to have after you go through the hormone therapy for two weeks. Um, I, when, they, when I finished the hormone therapy session, when they retrieved my egg, they only have, I only have six or eight of them. Um, so I have to do two rounds of it just to have enough eggs. But, you know, I'm so glad I did it because later on when I did decide I wanted to have a child, I, I have a, to do so and create an embryo with another sperm donor and to have my son. And by then, with the second time they retrieve my egg, that's when they realized that I actually have tumor <laughs> in my uterus. So it was growing like a grapefruit. So I wouldn't be able to carry having my son, and I end up having to get a surrogate to also carry my son. So, and... So when- and I'm forever grateful for that because you would never know. Like, how many of us, Alva Boo, just going to see a doctor and say, hey, can you see how healthy my egg is or what's the age of my egg? And to really see there was uh, a tumor in my, you know, in my uterus because yeah. it was growing so big, they thought that was part of my organ. They didn't see it until the second time when, when, when I tried to freeze my egg because the first time... The result wasn't that great because my body was reacting badly to the hormone, so I had to go to the second round. So, you know, women who go into IVF, it's the same process of IVF, so I, I feel them. I can relate to them. It's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, so you went from freezing your eggs to then having to have a surrogate because you also had this tumor the size of a grapefruit in your uterus. Yeah. So, uh, but, and yeah. then you went, and as I said in the beginning in the, of the interview, president and CEO of Surrogacy Concierge, so he, you really got into it. So let's talk about sur- surrogacy. Um, there, what, you know, what does that involve? And I think also there are different, depending on what state you're in, there are different laws that um, mm-hmm. apply to surrogacy, et cetera, but you're in California. Um, so if, if one wants a surrogate, uh, what's the process? What do you do? And, and that was a good question, that the fact that my company is in California is because California is a state that most, you walk in most liberal to surrogacy. People assume that it's because California was legal for surrogacy that everywhere in the United States also allowed to have surrogacy, which is not true. Um, a lot of states actually does not allow surrogacy. Um, and then if you're talking about within the United States, you know, imagine other countries like China and um, India. Now you can't even get an aid donor. There's so many war around it. So a lot of women, a lot of couples that can't have children, they really don't have an option in the country. They all wanted to have help, so they all come to the United States, and California is the best state. So when I went through that, I realized that there's so many complications, so many things you need to navigate because the lawyer needs to be involved, the contract, um, the doctor, and also you need uh, 
you know, found, uh, what's it called, therapist, because if you end up having a, a donor or if you end up needed to have a surrogate, in my situation, the surrogate or the a donor also needs to pass by the evaluator, um, the therapist, to make sure they're competent or they're qualified mentally to do this for, for helping you, for helping couples that really need to have children. At the same time, you know, as an intended parent, someone like me who really wanted to have a child, they want to make sure I am mentally prepared and I'm ready for this, right? So there were so many people to have to be involved going through this process. And I realized being a lawyer myself, I, I, I only have some legal background with this. <laughs> Can you imagine other couple have no idea? And, and this is really... This is also expensive, by the way. This is not even cheap, right? So for yeah. people who really, for couple who really wanted to have children, it's so difficult for them because it was very difficult for me, even as a lawyer of many years of uh, legal practice, it was still hard for me to navigate this journey. And then the reason I decided to have a child was because I really want to experience unconditional love. I didn't think I was going to get married. I didn't find the one, you know, and my biological clock was kicking, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> but I, I really don't want to, I really just don't want it to missing out what the unconditional love is, the, the love you have for your children. And just the time I went through that and I see how hard it was for me and then I can just imagine how hard it is for other, and especially LGBTQIA community, where they really wanted to have a family, and they have to pretty much go through this process also. And it's just very difficult. And this is the reason why I started Surrogacy Concierge, because I really wanted to share my personal experience and my legal knowledge to help other people who really wanted to have family and just to experience love. I mean, and then that was all about is love. So, and, and this is, this is what happened, you know, and just how I started the company. So that's how you started the company. I want to get back to some specifically what the issues are, like expense is mm-hmm. one. You really didn't say how much it, is there. Can you give us a ballpark? How costly is it? Yeah. If you, yeah. Oh, if you, it's very expensive. Um, normally if you get a surrogate and, um, it's a whole process, including medical bill and evaluation um, the time, and then, uh, and then for the surrogate to travel, right? Can you meet the surrogate and then to have to see the doctor appointment? I would say approximately about 180 to 220. And the price has to going up since the time I did it myself. I also have really great health insurance plan. So, hey, uh, listen to anybody who want to go through this, make sure you check your health insurance policy to see what you have. Um, I have a really good health insurance policy, so I got lucky on that. It saves a lot of parts, and I don't really need an egg donor because my egg was okay. Um, so most of my money spent it on, it was on the surrogate. And so, you know, the whole process, if you need an egg donor and going to do the surrogate, it would be at least two hundred over 200 for sure. Over, yeah, over $200,000. So what Correct. about... Yeah, so that's very expensive. What about in California, which is what we're talking about, um, Mm -hmm. what about the laws governing, let's say, the surrogate decides after giving birth that she doesn't want to give up the baby? Um, Yeah, that's a really good question, yes. Um, A lot of people, when they're going through this process, that's 
one of their fear, right? Actually, one of the biggest fear, what happened when that happened? Well, in California, it's so liberal going through the surrogacy process, so they're very protective of intended parents, couple who wanted to have children. And in California, even though we're so liberal, we don't allow transitional surrogacy. And what I mean by transitional surrogacy is that the surrogate carry the baby of her own DNA, her own genes. So we allow gestational surrogacy, which is your DNA, your egg, or your embryo with your partner, and then you implant it in the surrogate. So she literally is just a carrier for the next nine months to make sure that your baby is growing and deliver safety. Um, so California, very, very good about what is allowed, what is not. And California does allow gestational um, surrogacy. And because DNA is the parent, if the um, surrogate change her mind, you, you're still going to have the baby right away. There's, there's no doubt about it. And number two, before the baby's delivered, you're also going to court to have the judge to approve this order called pre-birth order. So you bring that pre-birth order to the hospital where the baby's going to be delivered. The hospital would make sure the intended parent who with the birth order will be the parent on the baby's birth certificate. So there's a lot of safety measure that is taking place. Um, so it's totally safe. And you would definitely make sure you will have your baby for sure. What about uh, one of the other issues when the mother is, uh, you know, your surrogate uh, is pregnant for the, hopefully for the nine months. Um, I mean, what happens uh, in terms of the input that the biological parent or parents have on the surrogate's nutrition, medical attention, all of those kinds of things. I mean, can they, how, do, right. how does that, yeah. Uh, and this that is work? the reason why I, I, I was saying a lot of people, thank God I'm a lawyer so I can at least draft the contract and then make sure every term that is in the contract, right? So when you go and do the surrogacy, you also have some requirement. The surrogate will have some kind of request. And every request that surrogate have, or the intended parent have, they're going to put it into surrogacy agreement. So both parties have to comply with. But the truth of the matter is, if you say, hey, you can't eat this potato chip while during pregnancy because potato chip is bad for the baby. Yeah, they will respect that. But can you really watching the surrogate 24 hours not eating a potato chip? No, right? Because in their privacy... But I can assure you that most surrogates, they're probably taking care of, they're more worried about making sure your baby's healthy than a lot of intended parents do because this is what they do. It's a really small niche and there's only sort of many of the agency around and they want to make sure that their reputation is protected so that even after just delivering baby for you, they would have opportunity to help another family to carry the next one, right? So it's, it's, it's also a way for you to meet with a surrogate before you decide who you're going to choose as your surrogate. You can sit down with them and, and, and talk to them. You can choose to have a relationship with them or you can choose not to have a relationship with them. It's all something that you can negotiate in your agreement. And, and, imagine, and then after the baby is born... 
um, can mm-hmm. is part of the agreement as well. You can never see the baby again, or you can see the baby again, or it's uh, it's up to the the surrogate and the biological parent or parent to exactly. make that decision. Yeah, exactly. Some some intended parent that came from country that surrogacy was not allowed, um, or they came from the country with um, it's very traditional, so they would not want people to know um, that they have the child through surrogacy. We have clients also from China that are famous, you know, politician and actress, and they, they don't really want the public to know that they have their child do surrogacy. We are very open about it, but many countries just still look bad on people who can be pregnant or who can have a baby of their own. So that's part of the churn in the contract they can put in. Uh, personally, myself, I have no problem with it. I have a really great relationship with my surrogate. Even as today, I still keep in contact with her. And I even wrote a book for little kids, three to eight-year-olds, that, like my son, you know, was born through surrogacy. And then I called him my angel, or I called him the angel who brought my son to me. So, you know, it really depends, everyone, how the relationship is with the surrogate. Oh, that's an interesting, um, I, I guess, an interesting topic because, yes, children who are born um, from a, as a result of surrogacy, uh, it, it mm-hmm. must be very, tell us what you have said to your son. How old is he now? Well, it's 2014, so he's, he's seven. what, eight, so, seven? You know, he, yeah, he's seven and first grader. And then just when he was in kindergarten, he was, we were driving, I was taking him to school and he was sitting in the backseat, and he was like, Mommy, you know, where did I come from? And at that moment, I was like, oh, no, the question <laughs> is coming in. I, I thought I have a few more years, but, you know, he just asked me that. So I have, a, I have a decision to make. Do I be honest with him? Or do I treat him like a little human and explain to him how he really come about? And I decided to be honest and be truthful. So I said, you know, mommy has this really big grapefruit size of um, grapefruit in mommy's stomach. And you, and then, you, know, you see how mommy is, and this big grapefruit is in mommy's stomach, and then I really wanted you, and I can't fit both grapefruit and you in my stomach. So I pray, I manifest, and this really nice angel, Angel Alva, decided to bring you to mommy. So that's how I explained it. And, and, you know, being four or five, he looked at me and he's like, you're right, mommy. Your stomach's too small. I, I don't fit in your stomach. So I was like, thank God that, yeah. that worked. And then, so because of that, I decided to write children's books for kids like him, you know, for three to eight, because I'm sure they're all going to ask. And then I think it's always nice to explain to them as truthful, as openly as possible, because once you get in school, I will rather get her from us, the parents, who to kind of tell them the truth and guide them in the right way, than getting like weird message or raw message from school because you know they don't know any better. So, so now that he's eight, yeah. you're saying well, he asked this question when he was what four or five, but now so you're saying yes. he knows the truth, he knows what sur- surrogacy is, and that he was yes, and does he yes. Uh, and has he met, because you said you're friendly with your surrogate, has he met her? 
Yes, he did. Um, I actually, on that conversation, I even told him, I said, you know, if you wanted to meet Andrew Albert, I can take you if you want to. And then he, he said, yes. So, and, you know, before that, before he actually met my surrogate, every year for his birthday, we always send his picture to the surrogate. I, and I got lucky. My surrogate lived very close to me. Um, and when I say close, it's about 45 minutes because a lot of times surrogate can be anywhere um, in California if you want a surrogate in California. And, you know, I felt like I'm lucky. So it was easy for us to visit her. So, well, I guess, I mean, I'm fascinated because, of course, you formed this company and, and, you know, we've just brought up a few of the issues. But as I can see, it's very complicated as in terms of, of medical and legal and I mentioned uh, hospi- hospitality because uh, uh, you mentioned that as, as part of the service. What is the, what, what does that include, hospitality? What does that mean in terms of surrogacy? Right. So before COVID, a lot of our clients are from overseas, especially in Asia, because uh, there's no country recognizing sex marriage in Asia until recently, the last three years. Taiwan is the first country that recognizing sex marriage. But before that, there was none of the Asian country recognizing sex marriage. So a lot of them need to come out here and, um, you know, try to, wanted to have family. And then a lot of them are coming here because their parents want their son to carry the name, the family name, and we contact off service for the son. So it's not actually the son that contact us. A lot of times it's their family, their parents. So they flew out here. We made sure the transportation, pick them up at the airport. Uh, we find houses for them to stay while they're going to do um, the A retrieval or finding the A donor, meeting the A donor, or get the sperm freeze. And then they would come back for a month um, when they pick up the baby. Um, just because once the baby's born, it's not, um, the, the doctor doesn't recommend to take the baby back on the airplane. And so they will have to stay here for a month, make sure the baby's healthy, going through all the checks before they can leave the country. And when the COVID hit, you know, a lot of clients cannot fly into U.S. I mean, the beginning of the COVID. So that, that hospitality have dropped because of it. Um, but we have a lot of clients from out of state, from East Coast, we still need to do so, and they're still doing that. Yeah, well, that was my next question. It's not necessarily clients from out of the country, but as you said, clients from, it could be from the East Coast, and so they would exactly. require the, almost the same kinds of services uh, in, in terms of what you're talking about, the hospitality and obviously the legal right. and the medical. Um, yes. Yeah. Now, we we only have a few minutes left. So um, I know you do a lot of other kinds of things. We didn't even get into divorce. I know that's another specialty of yours because you came from a divorced family and raised by your grandmother. Maybe that's another show because, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the, not the funny thing, but you know, one of the things about having a family law divorce background is that even going through surrogacy, you know, people have to go through hormone therapy, which is really hard for women. Um, a lot of time, the, the marriage kind of fall apart. So what happened is that, you know, what are you going to do with the embryo that you created when you go into the process of divorce, right? So, I mean, one of the suggestions I will always tell people is, is you need to make sure in your contract you specify that what happened in the case of divorce, what are you going to do with the embryo that you created? 
So you, you, you cover all the possible combinations and permutations of what can happen or what can not happen. All right. Uh, yeah, great talking to you. Myself. Yeah. Uh, and you've had the experience. But okay, Evie, so give us a website and or websites we can go to for more information yes. about what we've been talking about today and uh, some of the other work that you are also involved in. Yes, um, definitely follow me on Instagram. My handle is Evie Jane. It is my first and last name. And the company website is surrogacyconcierge.com. Um, so if anybody have questions regarding about surrogacy or how to navigate this, definitely look it up, surrogacyconcierge.com. And the best way to follow, if you have any questions for me, personal questions, just send me a DM. Uh, social media, Instagram, E-V-I-E-J-E-A-N-G. E-V-I-E-J-E-A-N-G. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Great Thank talking you. to you. Lots of good information. And uh, Evie Jang. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 